Welcome back to the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. Today we have King Mo, uh, a veteran of many fights, a guy that I used to train with at AKA. We trained together for, he was at AKA for around two to three years, but I was in and out building a gym in Thailand. But uh, just a fantastic guy, super nice, super humble. Um, over 40 MMA fights. He was the Strike Force light heavyweight champion. He was the Ryzen World Heavyweight Grand Prix champion, and he's not even a heavyweight. Um, many, many fights. Uh, now he's doing pro wrestling. He's training people. He's at ATT, American Top Team, another fantastic gym. Um, so it's great to, to, to be able to catch up to him and finally get him on the podcast. So let's get started. All right, Mo, welcome to the show, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's been, uh, been a while since we talked. I know. Since AKA. Actually, nah. Well, since Japan, but before then, AKA. So, Jesus, Japan. That was. Good thing, man. That was 2016, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I fought Crocop. Yeah, you took that fight on yeah. short notice, didn't you? Yeah, you know, Crocop was a big dude, man. Um, strong, had some power, you know, but it was fun. While, you know, I thought I was going to beat him, but I came up short, but I had fun, though. Yeah, no, it was good, and and man, you seem to have taken, you seem to always just take fights. You don't care, like you're just you're the guy that'll take any fight as long as you can walk to the octagon. Yeah, like that's how it was. I just fought because um, it was fun, it was a good payday, but the the worst thing was the injuries because I fought with so many injuries. That was the worst thing. But other than that, I had fun, man. You know, I was living the dream, doing yeah. what I wanted to do, and I was getting paid for it. Yeah, and I know when you were at AKA, you were injured a lot. So you were you were at AKA. Two thousand, what was it, ten and eleven, around that time frame. Yeah. So you were at AKA then, and then you were. I know you were injured a lot, and like I think you had like two fights with us or something in three years. You, had, I think you fought Gracie, you fought Roger Gracie, Roger Gracie, and then yeah. you fought a kickboxer. Um, but you were injured, and I remember talking to you, and I was just like, man, it, like I don't know what injury you had. I know you had like staff at one point, but I know whatever injury you had, it was one of those things where it's like you shouldn't be walking, but you were like training, yeah. and then you were like fighting too. And, and I was just thinking to myself, how are you doing this, man? Like, how are you? And, and then since that point, you've just continued to fight from that point on and, and do pro wrestling and stuff. And it's just like, wow, man, like what was that? What, what, what was plaguing you for those three years? Uh, my knee, um, I had ACL surgeries and an infection, stab infection and my right hip. I had, um, I was bone on bone. Yeah. I remember that. So, so I, I ended up getting, uh, like three years ago, a minor hip replacement on my right hip. Oh, so you're better now though. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm better. I'm way better now. Cause I can walk normal. There's no limping. No aches and pains. I'm feeling good finally. <laughs> yeah, and you and I know you're retired. Are you a hundred percent retired, like for sure, or or is it like there there may be some fight you go back to? The only way I fight is if it's an imaginary fight that I can pick the opponent and I can win. <laughs> Other than that, um, I'm just I'm out the game. Yeah, I want to be. I want to feel good. I want to have my bearings with me. Um, it's time for the um the the new the new the new crop to come up and rise. You know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just helping, helping them grow. Yeah. And you talk about living your dream. You were living your dream and having fun. I mean, you had a lot of fights. I mean, you, you've had 40 something pro fights, something like that. Um, did you get, did you get everything out of MMA that you wanted? I mean, I know you started out as wrestling and you got into MMA, but you said you were living your dream, having a fun time. Did, are you satisfied with what happened with your career? And like, did you get all the stuff out that you wanted as far as living your dream and, and, and having fun? Yeah, you know, because the thing is, like, all you can do is just go out there and do what you can do. Right. And that's what I did. I went out there, 
trained, fought, dealt with injuries. I did. You know, I had a full career. Only thing I never had was a submission win. That's yeah. about it. Really? You know what I'm but other than that, like you know, yeah, I never had. One, and all those fights. It was, you know what? Um, all those fights. I just like to punch. Yeah. <laughs> Ground to pound, Mark Coleman. Yeah, Ground dude. To Mark Coleman. That's funny. I didn't know that. I didn't even have a submission win. But you, you have obviously a lot of wins. But uh, I guess no submission win. Yeah. Th- that's crazy. And then uh, obviously I know you're where you're at now. We'll get to that. Um, but going back real fast, I remember when we trained together, I, w- I was kind of out of the – we're slowly making my way out of the gym, coming to Thailand to build a gym and all that. Um, but Hav told me something that always stuck with me and I always wanna, I wanted to ask you about because he's obviously such a big deal right now um, in the sport. Did you not bring Khabib to AK in the first place? I did. Yeah, how, tell me that story, it, man. Like, um, I, I never asked, and I, and I knew Hav always said you brought him to AKA, and I've never known how Khabib got to AKA, and now I know it's from you. So, like, what, how, tell me that story. How did that all happen? Well, what happened was I remember the UFC, I believe in Atlantic City or somewhere, Khabib was fighting Kamal Sharus. I'm 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 familiar with Dagestan, Vladikavkaz, and. You know, all the other places in the Caucasus Mountains of Russia. Because I've been there plenty of times. Right. Been there with Daniel and other people from Team USA. Yeah. And I saw his last name. And I was like, he's from Dagestan. Prior to that, an MMA junkie, I told them, I was like, hey, the next wave of fighters will either be from Cuba or Dagestan. And they're like, Dagestan, where's that? And I'm like, it's in Russia. So it's like Sparta. I was like, all they do is <laughs> fight, man. wrestle, kickbox, something with combat. And they didn't believe me. Well, Habib pops up, beats Kamal Sharus. I know his, I knew his coach at that time, Murad. So when I seen him in strike force, I said, Murad, you know, tell Habib he's to come to AKA. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, he's to come to AKA, man. We have, we have a lot of people there. I dropped all the names of you, Fitch, Thompson, everybody, Tomas. Yeah. I was like, we have everybody there. He's like, oh, really? Well, we're doing pretty good, you know, but we'll take your offer up later. Well, guess what happens? The next fight. He's to fight Gleason Tebow. So they're panicking. They're like, Mo, we don't have enough money to give him the ATT, I mean, AKA right now, but what should we do? So I was like, you know what? Y'all should just fight him hard and try to get him tired because he's a, he's a big 155-pounder. Try to get him tired because he will fatigue. That's what I said. This was years ago. And that's what happened. It was a close fight. And after that fight, I think Habib won by split decision. It was close. After that fight, Habib came to AKA, and the rest is history. That's crazy, man. I never knew that. I always knew, or well, I, I found out obviously that you had a part of it, but I never knew how he kind of showed up there. Like he he came sort of late in my career, where I was kind of like, uh, you know, spending most of my time in Thailand. So I obviously trained with him when I was in town, and he was there. And you know, people just show up in gyms, and then they start training. Like Kane showed up one day, and then next thing you know, he's like on the team, and then and training and fighting and and doing good. So like I never knew kind of what brought him to AK and I think probably a lot of people didn't know. So it's interesting to to note that you did that, man. And uh and then I think that changed his life. Uh for whatever reason, you know, he uh everything happened for a reason and uh he's he's doing quite well for himself <laughs> right now. Yeah, it, he he changed his life, but I feel like he might have changed AKA culture a little bit by yeah. being there, bringing more people in from from his homeland. So he might change a little bit of um um AKA culture. Yeah. As well, it's he, both, they both uh, had a good hand in helping each other out. 
I don't know. I don't know where he was where he was training at the time, but I think from what it seemed like, he needed that super gym, you know. And like ATT, uh, aka, you know, uh, obviously Jackson, Militich in the old days, those are the super gyms. Like he needed one of those gyms to go to that brotherhood and that that old style of like like we all have still, you know, all of our ATT with you now and and aka and 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 the old Militich back in the old days and and and, and Jackson now. Like there's like a it's a big group of fighters, you know, the iron sharpens iron, obviously we know that. Um, and then that camaraderie and that family atmosphere, I think that's what really just he, he, why he liked it so much and fit in so well. Yeah. Um, his last, his first team he was at was K dojo. Um, it was, it's there, I believe they're out in New Jersey. Um, a bunch of uh, Russians, good grapplers, a bunch of them, um, some strikers, but it primarily Russians. And yeah. at that time, I don't think Habib had the um, workout partners. Yeah. So, that's, that's why I came to um, AKA. It's crazy, man, because I, I don't remember exactly when you started, but I want to get back to where you're from in a second. But like when, when I started, I grew up Texas. You grew up in Texas, right? Yep. So I'm, I'm a Texas boy, too. So I grew up in small town Texas. You were like Plano, I think, up by Dallas. Play no, right by Dallas. So I'm, yeah. So I was outside of Houston, but like outside of Houston, like not in Houston. I was like in the small like sticks, you know. Like <laughs> so, I grew up like small town Texas. But when we grew up, and I'm sure it's the same for you, man, because we're we're similar in age. I'm obviously older, which makes me feel old. Um, but it's like we had we had like multiple gyms to train at, you know. Or you came from wrestling, obviously. That was a great background. But I had to train at yeah. three three gyms. You know, I didn't have a super gym. I, I call them super gyms, but I didn't have like a a full MMA gym. You know, like like an AKA or or an ATT or something like that so it was tough in the beginning and and i think that that's what changed the game now is like those those teams and 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 these gyms that were formed and after we were kids you know and coming up and and they created these monsters that we have now so did you start fighting because i could reminisce with you did you start fighting in texas because uh yeah i remember the first guy i cornered my guy the first time i ever went to a fight and cornered the fighter i was in in college it was 2000 and uh, my boy, me and my boy Jeff Lindsay, the guy, the fighter, that's how I moved down to Houston to fight Eves Edwards. Okay, my very first pro fight was in 1998, yeah. and Eve Edwards was on the card. Eve Edwards was the co- <laughs> co-main event, and we won the same way, rear naked choke. But the funny thing was the promoter was so crooked. Not only did he not pay us, but uh, I won by rear naked choke. I like, did a high kick, and the guy like flinched away from the – I wish I had the video, bro, to put on this this podcast. It's it's one of my best moves ever that's never been seen. Um, but I did a high kick, and he took the kick and turned away. Like, it kind of hit him, and he turned away. And when he turned away, he gave his back, but we were standing because I kicked him. You know, I kicked him, obviously. Yeah. I jumped on his back like a like a super, like a Superman or something, like a cape. Jumped on his back, put him in a rear naked choke, rode him to the ground, got the choke. Eve went on later on in the co-main event. And they wanted Eve's opponent to win. Eve was brought in to lose, and the opponent was brought in, obviously, to win. Eve knocked this guy out in the fight, and they woke him back up. Eve was celebrating the victory, and they woke this guy back up and made him continue fighting. So, so it was like all this like controversy, like no, no, fight's not over. You know, he was, you know, they gave him a standing. Eight. I don't know what rule they said to bring this guy back up, but he was knocked out. He he was down. Got up. They had to continue fighting. And then Eve eventually got him in a rear naked choke and beat him. And Travis Luter fought on that card. Shannon Rich fought on that card. And it was at like a rodeo arena, like in the sand. Like it was like a a cage on the sand of like an old rodeo arena in Humble, Texas. It was in Humble, Texas. Yeah. Humble. And how come come you never fought in the USWF at that time? Because 
That's what mm-hmm. Paul Buenatello, Frank Trigg, Ali Elias, Steve I Nelson, Alan Amarillo, the USWF. It's the shoot. Evan Tanner was there. Yeah. I, I don't know. I never made it there. I fought my first fight was 98 pro fight. I had 20 amateur fights. I was fighting like these, these shows called the Valet Tudo by Tim Musso was putting them on. And that was a Eve Edwards' trainer. So he was doing Valet Tudos. I was doing Dungles from Bushibon. I was Valet doing uh, a lot of these like right. underground type style pancreation fights where it's like open hand to the yeah. face, but you can like kick and knee to the face. And then it was like no strikes yeah. to the face, which sucked for me because I was like an, a grappler fighting Gracie guys trying to take me down. Um, dude, and when I first started fighting back in Texas before I turned pro, I wore pants. That, that tells you how old school I was. Like, I thought I was like Chuck yeah. Norris, dude. In my first MMA fights, I wore red gi pants, and I had no G- BJJ. Like, it wasn't BJJ pants. It was like it was like like Chuck Norris karate pants, dude. That's karate how I was, pants. Yeah, it was like 97, 90, 96, 97. Uh, and I had 20-something fights amateur, then I turned pro in 98. Same card, like I said, with Eve Edwards and stuff. And then, uh, and then I went and tried out for Team AKA in 98. And made the team, and it took me two years to save up the money and actually get there and, and go train. I mean, Javier put AK in the most expensive area on the on the freaking yeah. West Coast, so like it was it was not easy to be a fighter yeah. and live yeah. in San Jose. Man, Jose, definitely not easy. Yeah, so expensive out there. That's crazy. So, so you grew up in Texas and you were wrestling, and then uh, you obviously you were like the best in the world for like three years, right? In your in your weight class. Yeah. 84 kilograms. And, yeah. and what happened? Why didn't you end up in the Olympics? I got upset. Um, kind of controversial, but I got upset in the Olympic trials, the finals, which is, I thought I won, but they gave the other guy points. And then at the Olympics, the guys, the guy that won the Olympics, the guy that took third, I beat both of them. The guy that took third, the weight class above me, I beat him too. I had like four wins over medalists that year. Wow. So, it, it, you, know, it, it, you know, it is what it is, you know. You know, hopefully, like, you know, everything happens for a reason. So yeah. I think that, you know, I come up short in a few things in my life as far as competition. But I feel like I have enough uh, enough knowledge and enough, you know, I have enough knowledge to help the, the future. Anybody else that wants to make it to the top, avoid the fit, avoid the pitfalls I made. Right. Um, Stay away from injuries. Get the right training partners. Because when you first start out, you listen to anybody. Yeah. You know, I, I had I had guys... They helped me out, but at the same time, I got moved way too fast. I was thrown thrown the wolves. Yeah. And that's my it was my choice. I had no idea. But at the same time, like when you start fighting, you need to get with the right team. And my thing is that I feel like um if I if I get my hands on any young fighter, I could I'll let, I'll relay that to him. Yeah. Get with the right team. Get with somebody you can trust. Listen to your body. Because one thing is a wrestler, when you're hurt, you're like push through. You're aching. Push through. Doesn't matter. Just keep on going forward. But the thing is, MMA is a calculated marathon. It's calculated. You got to find the right time to sprint, the right time to take a break, the right time to get some water, the right time to coast and stride. You just can't sprint the whole time because if you sprint, you get injured. You won't make it that far. Yeah. You won't make it that long. So you get to be with the right people, the right right team, the right people. Have the right people you trust around you. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree with you. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. The great Mike Swick. He's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. 
you can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu, they have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. telling you guys, I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool, but you can't come to Thailand without coming to AKA Thailand. Come on. So you were wrestling, you were, the, you were one of the best wrestlers in the world, and then you became an MMA fighter. So what, what was it that, what, what was it that happened that made you make that transition to where you wanted to be not only wrestling people, but punching them and, and ground and pounding them and uh, being a fighter? I think I knew I was always going to do something in co with combat sports. Like, like growing up, I was like a huge boxing fan. I love boxing. I still do. I boxing is my favorite sport to watch just because you know, it intrigues me. Um, and then wrestling, I love watching wrestling. With me, I, I just like watching the purity of certain sports. MMA was a combination of it all. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. uh I just knew I was going to end up doing something through combat sports and it ended up working for me. Um, MMA was there, made some money, had time, had a good time, got a chance to travel the world, meet good people, meet cool people, learn a lot. And uh, I went, you know, I'm, I'm glad I went through this. You know, I'm glad I chose, this, chose MMA as a profession and uh, it's worked out well for me. Yeah, and then when you were in MMA, did you did you have plans at that time to do pro wrestling? Like, were you always thinking ahead of, like, after I get done fighting, I'm going to do pro wrestling, or did that just kind of happen? Well, um, in 2008, I, the WWE offered me a contract. They gave me a contract. I turned it down because I was like, I wanted to – not 2008, 2004. You turned it down? I me a contract, and I just – yeah, stupid. <laughs> because I was like, you know what? I want to be a world Olympic champion. And then I'll come to pro wrestling. And, you know, I was like, look, I'm going to win a world Olympic title in, in, in amateur wrestling. Then go and be like a Kurt Angle type dude. That's what I wanted to do. But you, but you still got into wrestling. And, and you did. You're, are you still doing that yeah, now? Yeah. Like, you're still, you're still doing that. You're, you're signed with the yeah, new organization right now. Yeah, MLW, Major League Wrestling. Um, like, the, Matt Riddler wrestled for them. MJF. Oh, yeah. um, the Lucha Brothers. They, 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 they've had a bunch of talent come through there and make it to the next level. So, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm just going, I'm going there having fun. Hopefully I can uh, make some novice, get to Japan, headline a few, Wrestle Kingdom. I'm like, I'm going to make it to Japan, wrestle in Japan, you know, and maybe get to AEW or something like that. Just, you know, that's why I just, that's another goal. I have goals. I want to accomplish them. And then uh, after that, just keep coaching, develop yeah. champions. That's awesome. And what, what do you think is the major difference between MMA and, and pro wrestling? Like as far as the training and the fighting, like it, what are the, what what is the 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 big major difference in your mind? I think pro wrestling is is, is harder and it's more unsafe because you have to trust your partner, the person wrestles. You have to trust them to keep you safe. Yeah. In MMA, you don't trust your partner. You just block him. You block him. You take him yeah. down. You clinch him. <laughs> in pro wrestling, now oh, there might be there might be a move. They might call for a Hearn Karana up the top rope into you know what I'm saying, or I might do a suicide splash under a group of people. Suicide. Somebody has to catch me. <laughs> Somebody has to catch me. If not, I'm hitting the ground. I'm hitting the ground hard and hurting myself. There's certain moves, like the DDT, the power driver, power bomb, where the person that's the person doing the move has to take care of you. If they don't, they can they can end up killing you, breaking your neck. Look at Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, um, yeah. breaking your you know breaking your back. Anything can happen. 
You know, they're, I, they're more. I feel like that you see worse injuries in pro wrestling because it's in a wrestling ring and anything can go, kind of compared to MMA because MMA is more of a, in a more controlled sitting. Yeah, I heard the training is like really hard, like a lot harder than what people think. Yeah, I remember with Al Snow. Um, we did a five-hour wrestling practice. And we went over chops, and you know a chop like the Ric Flair chop. Well, there were thirty people in the group. I went first. I took twenty-nine chops to the chest. Jeez. Chops, boots to the face, body slams, and Al Snow was like, "Hey, five hours to go." And I was like, five hours." I was like, "What? We're there from we're there from eight to one." Jeez. <laughs> what? That's crazy. crazy. That's crazy, man. Holy shit. Eight, that, I, I got to ask you this then. In your opinion, would you say that the training alone, is that harder in MMA or harder in pro wrestling? Like just the actual sessions that you have to do on a daily basis? It's two different things. See, MMA is more like more mental and so it's mental and uh, physical because you get, you, get, you get gassed out. But in pro wrestling, you have to know certain rules. Right. Like – when you're in the ring, yeah, you know the you know the certain rules of the wrestling. You know what I'm saying? You have to know the rules and the understanding of the wrestling ring. If not, you'll get lost and look stupid. See, so think about this: you have to be in shape. You have to tell a story. You have to entertain, regardless. Because if imagine if me and you wrestled a match, and if they booed us, we did our job. Yeah. If they cheered us, we did our job. If no one says anything, we failed dramatically. Yeah. So it's that's, that's another difference. In MMA, you want to be liked or whatever. You, know, you just want to win. It doesn't matter how you win. In pro wrestling, you want to entertain. You want to have, you have, you want to have catchy quotes, um, certain gimmicks that people can catch on to and, and be interactive. So like, think about this. When The Rock said, you smell, and everybody's like, they, so they jump in, but The Rock is cooking. Yeah. And everybody jumps in. They get hyped up. MMA, they don't have that just yet, but they will eventually. Somebody's going to figure out a good quote or a good catch line or catch phrase and have the crowd saying it with them. Yeah. Once that happens, that will be a bigger star. Yeah. A bigger star. That's true. That's true. When you include the crowd, they appreciate that for sure. Yeah. That's crazy. And going back to the fact, just real fast, of all the fights that you have had, I've always wanted to ask you, like, what, what was the, the highlight of your career, do you think? And was that the biggest win of your career as well? Or was it two different ones as far as like what your what your most memorable highlight is as far as memory sake and then biggest win? Uh, honestly, I, I I really don't know. I never thought about it. Like me had me just having a career is a highlight to me. You know, like I mean, when you won the, you won the like, Grand Prix. That was pretty big at heavyweight too. Yeah, I know, but I really I, just, I look at like, for me every fight was important because yeah. think about this. Think about when you first start fighting. Your first fight is the most important fight of your yeah. life. <laughs> then your right. second fight is the most important fight of your life. Then your contender fight is the most important fight of your life. Then yeah. your title shot is the most important fight of your life. Then you the first defense is the most important fight of your life. Say you lose that fight. Your comeback fight is the most important fight of your life. Let's say you lose the comeback fight. You're down two, two losses. That fight is is the biggest fight of your life. You're right, So man. all of them, every fight, every every day is the biggest day of your life. Every yeah. fight is the biggest fight of your life because you're only, you're, you know, you're only as big as the last thing you had to deal with. Yeah. It's funny. People don't realize, but, like, it's a gradual progression from, like, where we started. into Like, I started in Taekwondo. So I was doing, like, the pads, like, the, the, the kicks and all that crazy, the, you know, it's Taekwondo. It ain't quite MMA. 
But it's it's crazy when I talk to people because they don't realize they see you fighting in a cage and they're like, holy shit, you're crazy. That's barbaric. That's unbelievable. But it's a transition. So it's not like I just woke up one day and walked into a cage and started fighting. It's like a slow transition from like when I was doing Taekwondo and I was doing sparring and then, you know, competing and then getting into kickboxing and then slowly into boxing and MMA and BJJ. Um, but like you said, man, even when I was competing in Taekwondo as a kid, I was like, Dude, those fights were just as important to me at that time as my UFC fights were at that time. You know what I mean? It's like I, I feel like I had to win that fight. You know, like I had to be, you know, it's crazy, but it's true. I mean, you do feel like every fight is so big and so important no matter what level and no matter how big of a show it is. Like let's say let's say Habib never got signed to the UFC. Well, he's still undefeated. Eventually he gets signed somewhere big. Right. Wherever you want, like if you keep on winning, your wins will lead you to where you need to be. Plain and simple. Even, even when, you, when you're in high school. You win a tournament, and you become a you, you get confidence. You beat a guy that's ranked in, in the state. Then you get a ranking in the state tournament. That that's big. That's big. It's better, it's better be ranked than unranked. Whenever you accomplish things, that leads you. That that creates a stronger path for you for the in the future. Right. And and what do you and so what are you doing now? Like you're you're at ATT in, in Florida with Den. Yeah, I'm 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 there. Um, ATT. Um, you know, we have you know right now this pandemic thing, man. Um, things are kind of yeah. kind of weird, but you know, um, we're still pushing. Yeah, we're still pushing. And and how has that affected you, the quarantine? As far as like, are y'all still training full on, or is it like limited, or you know, certain people in the gym, or I don't know what it's like over there right now. I know America's only, going crazy with this stuff. Yeah, it's only certain people in the gym, pros that have fights. Um, we we train like once once a day, twice a day, maybe, but it's not. It's like. It's weird, man, because it's, it's light right now. Usually we have about 100 fighters in the gym. Right now we have about 30 or 40, which is wow. light. It's, it looks different. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, it's a, it's a great team, man. They've built a lot of big stars over there. Yeah, and what, and what do you have coming up next? Like, what, what are you preparing for? Uh, nothing. I just got, um, let me think, uh, some fighters come. Marcus, uh, Marcus, I call him Maluka. He's like, we call him Joker. He's the MMA fighter. Um, for the UFC that paints his face like Joker when he weighs in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Brazil. I call him Coringa. It means Joker in uh, Portuguese. I got him August 1st. We, we got we fight Eric Spicely. Then I got um, Jarzinho Rosenstruck. We got Junior Dos Santos, which is crazy because JDS is a, a HT fighter, and they're in the same gym training. I see we're, – we're all in the same gym training. I see Junior. Junior sees us. Yeah. <laughs> I coach Junior's cornerman. Shoeface, I coach, I coach Shoeface as well, so that's crazy right there. <laughs> then uh, August twenty second, August twenty second, um, Maria Agapova, aka Hot Girl Mashka, oh, she's wow. fighting. She's a, she's a, she's a, a oh, she's who she could fight. She fought um like three weeks ago, um on the um on the um I forgot which card, UFC in the um at the annex, and she smashed some poor girl. Oh, it was bad. She got a performance bonus. Yeah. But she smashed this girl, head kicked her, submitted her. Yeah. This girl can fight. She's young, <laughs> 23 years old. She's a monster. You know, be on the lookout for her. They got Ricky Bandejas actually um, in two weeks. Ricky Bandejas, we're fighting Sergio Pettis. So we're ready for that one too. It's a busy month coming up, but I'm excited for, my, for, the, for these guys. You know, ready to see them uh, make it big, yeah. get some big wins, change their lives up. I'm ready for that to happen for these guys. That's awesome, man. Have you ever went to Thailand or no? No, nah, but you know what? That's uh, I, I want to. You know, I, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna try to um set up a trip or something like that. I need to get out there, man. I want you to come check out the gym, man. We got a nice big gym here. I know. I definitely. You know what? I want to come out there and watch um Kate 
Boy, hey, congratulations on signing him to the UFC. I really want to watch him train. I love watching him fight. He's a savage. He's a beast. He's going to be a problem. I just hope that he gets used to the cage because when you fight in the ring, there's yeah. a cage that's way different. But he, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't really see him having a problem because he fights in the center of the of the ring or center yeah. of the cage. So he's going to be good takedown defense, strong, athletic, good power. You don't, you don't really get tired. He's got that charisma. He's got that it factor. And and when we train, we train against two walls. It's like in a corner of the room. So he's very used to working off the wall, you know, ha- having that limitation and, and people trying to take him down off the wall and stuff like that. I think it's going to be fine for him to fight in a cage. But he's he's gutsy. Uh, he's 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 full of action and surprises and he, he's flashy. Uh, he's got charisma. He, you know, he's he, he, dude. He he spends all of his money on like Gucci, Louis Vuitton, like because he grew up and, and he was like from. He grew up and, and he didn't have much, man. He didn't be. Able, I, I remember the story you told me. He was like, I couldn't even afford a pair of shoes, and you know, my mom. I asked my mom for a pair of shoes, and she's like, Well, what about your brothers? You know, like I can afford one pair. You're gonna take the pair of shoes and not give them to your brother. So like he remembers those days, man, and 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 he worked hard to get where he's at, and now he now he buys all the style. You know, all the clothes, all the shoes. He's like, he's total flashy, man. It's it's pretty cool. And I think he's going to be a great addition to the UFC. And and he's actually coming to AK headquarters. So he's coming to AK headquarters in the next, I think within the next uh, two weeks. And he's going to prepare for his fight. He's fighting uh, on the same card as DC. And I think they just announced his first opponent. Um, I, got, I don't, I can't think of the guy's name or pronounce it. But so he's already ready to go. And that's it's in uh, August. I think it's August. So it's uh, a month away, so yeah, it's gonna be a good one. They have a, loca- they have a location. Cause I'll be, I'll be there too. But where's the location at? Because like, Apex. is it in Vegas? It's an Apex, yeah. Okay, all right, let's go. But man, when you do come out to Thailand, you got to come to AK Thailand, man. Let me show you around, and uh, we'll get some training in, well, show you the will, islands. Yeah, I definitely come, man. I definitely, you know, um, I definitely come down. Phil Baroni talked highly of you, and and AK Gym. Everybody talked, you know, everybody said something good about y'all. You know what I'm saying? So I need to get out there and check it out. That's awesome, man. Well, you're always welcome, and uh, it was great catching up with you, man. Like, I haven't talked to you in so long, and uh, I wanted to see what you were up to and what you were doing and, and get you on the podcast, and, and, and I, I thank you for doing it so fast and short notice. And I know you're going to Texas today, and you're busy. So, man, I really appreciate you taking the time out to come on the show. Oh, no problem. And don't forget, I have a, my boy, Brandon Lambert. Uh, yeah. He sent you an email. I got it. So I got it. I'm responding there. to it today. Yep. I got it. Like I told you, man, we'll take care of him, man. Don't worry. He'll he'll, he'll absolutely love it when he comes here. All right, cool, cool. That's what's up. All right, bro. Thank you so much, man. It was good talking to you. All right, man. Take it easy, bro. All right, there we have it. King Mo. Great catching up with him. It's been a long time since I talked to him. I think it was, like we said, 2016 when he fought Crow Cop at Ryzen at the World Grand Prix. Um, I had Amir Ali Akbari who ended up fighting Crow Cop in the same tournament. Um, and things didn't go his way either. Krokop was a beast in that tournament. It was crazy, man, because, you know, he's so much older than he used to be, but he was just a beast, and, and King Mo just jumped in there and fought him, and I'm, I want to say it was short notice. I don't know if we got that out in the podcast, or I can't remember if he uh, confirmed it was short notice, but I think it was short notice, but I know that he's fought a lot of fights um, on short notice, and just he's always down to fight whoever, whenever, and... Uh, you know, even though he was at AK, we didn't spend a lot of time together because I was building a gym in Thailand. So I definitely wanted to catch up and, and see how he's been doing, what he's been doing. Um, I, and then that Khabib story, 
has always been on my mind because I've always wondered how Khabib got to AKA and Hobbs always said it was from King Mo, but I never exactly knew. So I'm glad we could share that and, and you guys could, uh, join in on that conversation. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please like subscribe, leave a comment, let us know what you think. If you're listening on the audio platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, you can subscribe there as well. Um, I appreciate all the support. We read the comments. Uh, we're, we're very humbled and happy with the growth of the show. And, and we're trying to put these out as many as we can. I think we're doing at least two, sometimes three a week. Um, it's a lot of work, but we're getting it done. And uh, thank you guys for watching.